0: Join Aaron now as he reveals the reality foreshadowed and the new life we can now experience because of what the Lord Jesus accomplished for us.
1: I'm presenting a verse-by-verse study through Ephesians, and in the previous message, I was in Ephesians chapter 1, verses 9 and 10, where it says, "...having made known to us the mystery of His will... According to his good pleasure, which he purposed in himself, that in the dispensation of the fullness of the times, he might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on earth in him. And so again, in verse nine, he has made known to us the mystery of his will. And of course, in the previous program, I spent a lot of time explaining that anything you do not know that God has revealed is considered to be a mystery and of course our God has had a lot to say to us he has revealed a lot to us and this is well documented in the book of Ephesians and of course the other books in the scriptures we have extensive documentation concerning what our God has wanted his creation to know about himself to know about his purposes and when we do not know those things, then they are considered to be mysteries. But in this case, he speaks about the mystery of his will, his will in terms of the description of the inheritance that he would give to his children as a result of his death. In the second part of verse 9, he says, according to the good pleasure which he purposed in himself, which means that God has a set of defined purposes, and that this is pleasing to him. And for him to accomplish his purposes, he has created the world as we know it, and he has created us as people to dwell within it. And in the end, once all of this stuff has been accomplished, which is described in verse 10, the beginning of verse 10, that in the dispensation of the fullness of times... In the end, what is he going to get out of all that has happened for thousands of years? What will be the end result? It will be that he will have people in his life who are there because they genuinely want to be in his life. They will know him because they really do want to know him. In verse 10, again, it says that in the dispensation of the fullness of times, he might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on earth in him, which means that there will be a separation that will eventually result in a gathering together. And this is how he gets the people who he wants. This is what will give him pleasure. This is what gives him purpose. So I'd like to spend some time talking about the divisions that have taken place in order for God to eventually achieve these goals in order to accomplish these purposes. We have the initial division in heaven that we know of, which was the division of the angels. This was a decision that was made by the angels. God created the angels. When they were created, as far as we can tell, they had complete and clear exposure to their creator, to their God. They knew who he was. They knew who had created them. And they had a place and a purpose in the life of God and in his kingdom. There was a decision that was made by some of the angels, and the estimation that we have is perhaps maybe a third of the angels, made a decision to go outside of the boundaries for which they were created. They decided that they wanted to be someone different than who God created them to be. And in this case, it wasn't a negative thing, necessarily. They wanted to be like God. They wanted to stop being who they were, and they wanted to become, perhaps, a being who was better than who they were. It was a decision that they made to pursue this through the knowledge of good and evil, which means that if they knew what was good, they could do that which was good, and if they knew what was evil then they simply would not do that which was evil. And through their own decisions, through their own independence of this relationship with God that they were created for, and as far as we can tell, this is all that they knew, they decided to go outside of those boundaries for perhaps good intentions. But this rebellion was not accepted by God. He decided that this new kind of relationship that they wanted to have was not the kind of relationship that he was willing to have with them. So there were about a third of the angels who decided to separate from what God had there in the kingdom of heaven. They decided to separate and be relatively independent of him, but as a result, he decided that they were not going to have an official place in his kingdom anymore. So this was a decision of those angels. Two-thirds of the angels decided to stay and decided to continue within the boundaries that he defined for them. They obviously decided to continue to exist with thankfulness, but the others, they decided to go their own way, apart from the decisions of God, and these angels were then defined as the demons. That was the new name that we could recognize and understand today. The demons were originally angels of God, and they made a decision to separate from him. So this was the first division that we know of, according to the historical record that we have available, This was the first division, but in order for the demons to have a place to be, to have a place to go, God created the earth, or at least this is one of the reasons why he created the earth. And we know this because they're here. This is why I feel confident in saying that this is one of the reasons why he created the earth, was to give the demons a place to go. They were no longer welcome in the kingdom of heaven in the same way that they were welcomed before. Now they got to go somewhere else. And so, God created the heavens and the earth as we know them, defined by this planet, and it appears that those demons came here. Now, in addition to creating the planet, according to Genesis chapter 1 and chapter 2, we know that God created humanity. He created Adam and Eve to start with, the people that he placed in a garden that he made within the planet, within the earth that he made. So we've got the separation in heaven that resulted in the demons occupying this planet. And then we also have the creation of humanity that occupied the one small location known as the Garden of Eden. But it didn't take very long, as far as we can tell. It didn't take very long before the people who God created decided to separate from God, decided to go outside of the boundaries that they were created to function within. And this was the result of the temptation of one of the demons, referred to as the devil, considered to be the head demon. In Genesis chapter 3, he tempted Adam and Eve, by saying, listen, you know, God is being dishonest with you. He is not being truthful. He has told you that there is this tree of the knowledge of good and evil and that it is not for you. He wants to keep this for himself. But if you would partake of this tree, then you would know what was good and what was evil and you could be Does it say that they could be a wicked and evil person? That's not what the devil said. He said, you could be like God. You could be a good person in that sense. And so why not? You know, this is appealing. You can be better than who you are. And so they took from the wrong tree and they experienced the penalty that God defined, which was spiritual death. The presence of the Holy Spirit that was breathed within them to make them a living being was withdrawn. The Holy Spirit of God, the Spirit of God, decided to accept their rejection of him and withdrew from within them. Therefore, they no longer had the life of God within them. They were no longer spiritually alive. They were, by definition, dead spiritually dead because they did not have the life of God dwelling within them. They were, of course, physically alive. But then God made some changes so that they would eventually physically die, which is now necessary because that's the only way to go to heaven. And there were a number of other reasons why God instituted physical death and the means by which people would die physically. But that was something that would happen later, and that was not the death that he was referring to primarily. He was referring to the spiritual death, and the physical death was just a part of the consequences related to the spiritual death because they ate from the wrong tree. Why? Because they believed the satanic lie that if they only knew what was good and evil, then they could be like God. That was a lie. That was not true, and that has been well demonstrated in the history of humanity ever since, as we obviously have been behaving in a way that is not consistent with what it would mean to be like God. So, this was the second division. The first division was the angels rejecting their place and their position in the kingdom of heaven. The second division was the division between God and humanity entirely. He didn't keep two-thirds of humanity like he kept two-thirds of the angels. He lost a 100% of humanity. 100%! Everyone was lost. And God knew that this was going to happen. He was not the one who decided that this would happen, this was a decision, an exercise of the 100% free will of Adam and Eve. This was their decision. It was not God's decision. It was their decision. And everyone who was born into this world from Adam and Eve were born in the image of Adam, not in the image of God. And as I expressed just a moment ago, the behavior and the lives of the people who were born from Adam and Eve, certainly were not a good reflection of their God. But God knew this in advance. He knew that there would be this rejection, this rebellion, this spiritual death of humanity, and that he would lose everyone. He knew that. So in his design of this planet, he also included the way that he would save the people who would reject him, or at least some of the people who would reject him. He would save only those who wanted to be with him. And of course, you can tell throughout history that it's been very difficult for people to be able to recognize that there is a God. You can tell that very few people have considered that maybe God is an interactive person in their lives that he wants to have a personal relationship with them, because for the most part, people don't even recognize that he exists. It is a challenge. It is difficult so that only those who genuinely want to know, because they can see enough evidence that he exists. They cannot prove that he exists, but they can see enough evidence that he exists that they would want to know the person who created them. And so very few people would ever embrace the salvation that God would offer. And he knew this from the beginning. And so he predetermined a way that people could be saved. He did not predetermine individual persons. He predetermined the kind of person that he would have in his life, the kind of person. Who would this person be? This would be the kind of person who would recognize that they are not perfect, that they are not like God, that they have no right to know him, they will not know him outside of his grace and mercy, and that's it. This defines the kind of person who could be a candidate to be saved, the kind of person who could be in his life because they genuinely want to be in his life and they want to be a part of his purposes that he has. So God defined the kind of person through the way that they could be saved. The person would have to surrender to the gospel which has to do with the forgiveness of sins and the restoration of the Holy Spirit that was lost in Adam. So if a person is not willing to acknowledge that they have a need for the forgiveness of God, well, then this is definitely not one of the kinds of people who he has predetermined will have a place in his life. If a person will not even acknowledge that they have a need for his forgiveness They will not even acknowledge that they are sinful, that they are wicked, that they are evil because of the decisions that they make. If they won't even acknowledge that, then they are definitely not a candidate to be the recipient of his forgiveness in a way that they can then receive his Holy Spirit to make them spiritually alive. So God's predestination is through the gospel, Through the definition of the gospel, he predetermines who will be saved and who will not be saved because it is only a certain kind of person who will respond to the gospel and surrender to the new covenant. That is his predestination. He predetermined the kind of person who would be saved, not the specific people who would be saved the specific people have to decide for themselves if they want to be saved or not. If they want to be made spiritually alive or not. If they want to become a new creation, a child of God or not. And the way that things are structured in this world, it's very difficult for people to be willing to acknowledge their condition so that they can embrace His provision, so that they can experience the revelation of what has been a mystery because only few people will want to know the mystery and want to know how the mystery unravels and want to know their God who created them. And so only few people will be saved in the end. Now, what God did in order to help people to understand that they have a need for forgiveness and that they are spiritually dead In order to accomplish that, God presented the old covenant. He presented the first covenant to the people of Israel, and that covenant defined them as a nation. They were slaves in Egypt. He set them free from slavery, took them out to the middle of nowhere, known as the mountain of God, Mount Sinai, and he gave them the old covenant. He gave them the commandments through Moses, and those commandments defined them as a nation, the nation of Israel. And he gave them, he promised them, the land of Israel that we would recognize as the land of Israel. He gave them that land as a promise and as an inheritance. That's how he described it. He described the giving of the land to the nation of Israel as an inheritance that was defined by the Old Covenant. So the Old Covenant was a description of the will of God for the people of Israel to make them into a nation because he would participate in the conquering of an area of land so that they would have a place to be and where they could function as a collective people. That was the Old Covenant, When he did this, he created a division between humanity. He created a division, whereas one group was the Israelites and the other group was the non-Israelites. Now, eventually, as time passed, we can read about this in the Old Testament. We can read about what happened. Eventually, there was only one tribe that remained predominantly. It was the tribe of Judah. That included the tribe of Benjamin and about half of the Levites. But collectively, they were referred to as the Jews. And so during the time when Jesus came to conduct his ministry and to provide for salvation for humanity, the world was divided between the Jew and the non-Jew. And the non-Jew was known as the Gentile. Gentile is a derivation from a Hebrew word that just simply means the other nations. So God created a division within humanity. He created this division of the Jew on one side and the Gentile on the other. This was the division within humanity that God created through setting the people free from slavery in Egypt and establishing them as a new nation. But that did not mean that the Jews or the Israelites were saved. They certainly were not. This was just God's participation with humanity in order to get things going. Just because you were an Israelite did not mean that you had an inheritance in the kingdom of heaven. It meant that you had an inheritance in the land that was known as the land of Israel, and that was conditional. And when they violated the covenant, those conditions went into effect, and they were taken out into captivity again and were made slaves again. Not the original people who were set free from slavery in Egypt, other people, their descendants, many generations later. And so the slavery and the freedom, all of this has to do with the classification of people, with the kinds of people, not referring to individuals. They were eventually set free from slavery in Babylon, that was the Jews who returned, and they reestablished the nation as best they could in the land of Israel in order to provide for an environment through which God came and presented himself as his own savior of humanity, Jesus, God manifested in the flesh. But when salvation was presented, when the new covenant went into effect, this covenant was presented to everyone in the world. Not just to the Jew, but to everyone. It was presented to the Jew first, but it was a covenant that was not conditional on your genealogy or on your national identity. It was a covenant on the basis of you just simply being a person who is alive in this world, physically alive. It is an offer to be made spiritually alive. And so God presented the new covenant to all of humanity, first being presented to the Jew, but then it was recognized that you don't have to be a Jew in order to acknowledge the gospel, to acknowledge the Messiah, to be saved and to be made into a new person in Christ Jesus. So God created a division within humanity, but neither side of this division was recognized as being a collection of people who would have a place in the kingdom of heaven. One group was of the indulgence of the flesh. The other was of the restraint of the flesh. They were divided by the giving of the law. But taking the law away does not unite them into a new creation in and of itself. I will explain this more in the next program.